Hello and welcome to another Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring. I'm holding my beautiful top trumps, which you can now buy at gofasterstripe.com. They're the perfect Christmas gift. 30 or so of my favourite guests, a playable trump game. It's wonderful. You're going to really enjoy it. It's not top trumps, it's just trumps. If I said top trumps, it's not top trumps. Don't get confused with that because it's very, very different. Gofasterstripe.com for that. And you can buy my books uh, and DVDs there. They're the perfect Christmas gifts. You can also get tickets for my upcoming shows uh, in uh, the Leicester Square Theatre. I'm also playing Norwich and Birmingham in 2020. Go to richherring.com slash gigs and you can find out about those. Do keep listening and watching. Do tell your friends about the podcast. That's a lovely way to share the news. Do become a badger. Go faster.com slash badges and get loads of extras. Let's sit back, relax and enjoy Rahul Astapa with Annabelle Giles. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brighton Theatre Royal... Please welcome a man who uh, has allegedly been filmed satisfying himself, satisfying himself. <laughs> we'll find out more about that. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> oh, Brighton! Hello! Oh, it's lovely to be back. Look at the theatre royal. Full to the rafters as well. It's full. No, don't look up there. It's full to the rafters. Don't look up there. There's no need, it's full. It's all full of right to the top. It's amazing. What a beautiful theatre. Welcome uh, to Richard Herring's Life Sexually Troubling podcast. That's with a question mark. It's a new direction uh, for the podcast. Uh, you've got to find, there's so many podcasts now, you've got to find your niche. Otherwise, there's too many people interviewing people. So I'm just, I'm going to get celebrities on, ask them if they've got pubic lice, and then work out if that's a bad or a good thing. That is going to be, what, are they sexually troubling? Question mark. And then we'll talk about that for an hour. I don't know if my guests have realised that's what's going to happen. But I was uh, talking to the man dressed as Pikachu, wandering around Brighton Beachfront <laughs> on a hot September afternoon today. Uh, he calls it Rahalastabha, so I don't know if that's going to catch on. Yeah, I, um, I got... Uh, my, what, the thing I referred to in my fumbled intro was that um, I got an email this week, three days ago, uh, and it said... Uh, Video and then it had my a password that I used to use, like a pa- one of my passwords written on it. it came into my junk mail, uh, and uh, it basically said that this guy had uh, put some malware. He'd, inf- in, he'd uh, you know infected my computer with malware, uh, and it said, "This I'll read you a bit of the email. It's in my junk folder. I'm not sure it's genuine. I collected all your private data and I recorded you through your webcam, satisfying yourself." <laughs> Uh, I've never satisfied myself. I have to say, I'm always... It's just not satisfactory, is it? I've, noticed, I've, tr- I've tried. But I just, afterwards, there's a brief moment. Oh, and then just this sort of empty feeling of just guilt and what I've just watched is so bad. How, what if anyone would find out? I, do, I will confess, I was worried because one time I did find some bare ladies on the internet and I just once I did do, for one time I have masturbated while looking at the internet. Just once. So there's a possibility this guy's caught that on film. Uh, after that, I removed my malware from your computer to not leave any traces. He says, that's convenient, isn't it? <laughs> convenient, he's thought of everything. I can send a video to all your contacts, put it on social media, publish it on the whole web, including the dark web, where the sick people are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was feeling like I was one of the sick people because I'd been satisfying myself for it. I mean, there's, there must be some people on the dark web who like to look at uh, sort of weird, uh, contorted men ejaculating for some reason. He said, I had two days, and then it was quite a complicated system of payment. There was lots of links. Uh, after receiving payment, I will remove everything. And I think you can trust this guy. So that is, I think that's, that's he seems trustworthy. So, I mean, I thought it's, he did have a genuine password of mine. Uh, but it wasn't one I use anymore. And I thought, it's probably just some junk mail. They've, I've signed up somewhere for something. They've got my password. But there's a chance that, you know, that could go out. But it's, it was £1,000 I had to pay to stop it. And I thought, fuck it. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I, I weighed up and I thought, I don't care that much if me wanking goes on the internet. <laughs> there's quite a lot of people I would like to see, have to see me masturbating. So if that went to all my... So there'd be quite a few things. Oh, good, they've seen that. You know, because... If you do it just in front of them, then you get into Louis C.K., don't you? But it's true, you get into trouble. But if they've received that and opened it themselves, say they can't get me, can they? Can't get me for it. 
It's the perfect crime. <laughs> so that's the decision I made. I decided to let it go. It was three days ago. I don't think it's happened. Leastways, my mum hasn't rung me up and said, why is that picture of you grimacing? I'm more worried they will find out what I was masturbating to. That is, I don't mind, I don't mind people seeing me masturbating. So far, so good. We'll see. How did they know my, how did they know that password? Right, my guest tonight on this one show, we only do one show and don't let anyone tell you different. She is probably best known for being the narrator on Madam Two Swords Inside Story. That's why we're here tonight to see... We'll get the inside story on the inside story. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome Annabelle Giles! Come sit down. There's your microphone. There's some water. We thought of everything. Everything for you. Health and safety back there. Oh, that is quite bad back there. I hadn't noticed that nest of... I know. Look at that. It should all be taped. It should... Well, you should have tripped everything. over and you could have made some good money out of the well, theatre royal there. Well, I my nose and sued you. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm me, yeah. To, can I do... I don't... I don't oh, hang on. You can have a bit of... Do you want... Do you, do you want me to... It's all right, I'll do it myself. Can you do... That's all right, sorry, yes. Uh, good, how are you doing? Do you know, I'm okay. It's Ooh. been... Oh, fuck. Ooh. <laughs> You scared yourself. Yes, I scared myself. I shot my load too soon. Um, yes, I'm, I'm okay. Hasn't it been a lovely day today? Oh, my God. This is why we live here. Do you see why we live it here? Is, it was very yeah, lovely. I did feel here. sorry for the Pikachu man on well, the, the I feel sorry for you not living here. Um, um, mm, it's tragic, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Because you're no longer in London, though, are you? I oh, know. I live in Hertfordshire. Oh, Hertfordshire. Uh, and, no. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a fire, like you like fires, here, don't we? we had a fire in our village the other day, so Did you? yeah, so we like you love, fires. You love burning yeah. piers down, don't you? That's your main thing. You love that. I think we all know who did that, but we can't say. <laughs> mm. Um, so yeah, we had the, the field that I do my stone collecting on went burnt down, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite impressive. The stones were fine, a couple of them are charred. That's the, it proved the super, don't worry, Annabelle. No, I'm I'll get you, I know you're a psychotherapist now and we will get into that later, yes, that particular. Get, I feel we should talk about your childhood a bit more yeah, already. We will, we will do, we'll talk about your childhood a bit. So uh, what, do you remember being the narrator on Madame Tussauds? Do you know, I saw that the other day. I've got the most awful, it's like, hello, welcome to Madame Tussauds. It's absolutely marvellous here, some really funny waxworks. It's really awful, it's one of the first things I ever did. And I'm frankly, frankly posh. I mean, this is me really rough, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's frankly like this. And I had a very tinny voice up here. And it was just so embarrassing. I can't believe... Have you really, really deep Googled? Of course you? I have. Yeah. Well, that's not Googled. that. Just gone the IMDB page. That's not that. Oh, I didn't even know I had one. Are you yeah. sure that's me? Because there's a lady all... in Australia called Annabelle Giles, oh, who I often get voiceover requests for. Okay, you know? well... I go, well, I would come, but I can't be in Sydney by tomorrow. Unless Sorry. she's also done the inside story of Madame Two Swords, then oh. I think it's yours. What a bitch. Yeah, it could be her. What yeah. is the inside story of Madame Tussauds? I don't, I don't think there is one. I think it's just that yeah. they make wax figures oh, that's from good. wax. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's what happens. And then when someone goes out of fashion, you get removed yeah. from the floor. Yeah. Were you ever in the position where you had a wax worker? No, yourself? no, I'm hardly known at all. They're all thinking I'm Annabelle Croft, the tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's going, shit, where is it then? Exactly. Well, you've had an amazing career of a very varied... You've had a go at a lot of things, Annabelle. That is something that's fair <laughs> that to say. That sounds like I haven't succeeded. It does sound like Is that, that. what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've been quite rude already. It's lucky I know you, isn't you've it, had, really? You've had yeah, a crack. very rude man. Very, you, but you started... I'll, I'll go back to when you were at school. You were expelled from school at 16. Yeah. Uh, for going to see Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel. Yeah. And smoking in the street. Oh, yeah, now I've seen smoking in Yeovil, right. outside the Wimpy Bar. Mm-hmm. John Player Special, thanks. And, uh, oh, God, we had this whole plan. We, we, the, we knew we were foiled because we got on the bus and the, the conductor said, the seat's upstairs. And we thought, oh, God, and I had to go and sit down. And I was in Mufti, which is breaking all rules. Anyone know what Mufti is? It's like your own clothes. So not school uniform. So, like, normal, relatively normal clothes. You weren't allowed clogs. No backless shoes. Encouraged bad behaviour. It was a boarding school, obviously. And um, so, it's, <laughs> so I went and sat down on the, on the top thing. The three of us who'd escaped in Mufti at the bus stop get on the bus. I'm made to sit down next to my piano teacher. Oh. So I just sat like this, <laughs> hoping she wouldn't know it was me. Yeah. And she sort of sat, you know, staring sideways, got off. Um, then we were to meet one of our boyfriends. Oh, it wasn't me that had the boyfriends, Claire Seidlin, she's a bit better developed. And um, 
we met her, we met her boyfriend in the wimpy bar, all had wimpy, and then stood outside smoking while he went to get his car. We were useless at smoking, we were about 15, going, you know, really bad smoking. Got in the minute, he'd bought his friend Nigel Nolman, who nobody fancied, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, but we just couldn't. We tried, but we couldn't. Um, so the three girls, Nigel Nolman, who was far too big for a mini, and this boy, Rob, and off we went. Yeah. And we went to see Steve Hunnicott and Rebel at yeah. the Colston Hall in Bristol. Oh, cool. You must yeah. know that because you're okay. Cheddar Boy, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And um, when we came out, the plan was that he would put... Rob, the driver of the mini, would change into mechanics overalls. Is this quite long and boring? Or? No, it's good. I'm okay. very excited to see he would change I, Your into, recall is very good so on he this. Would, it's very, very good. We planned it for... Age. We had ages. Yeah. We did nothing at school. So the, he would change into, so not unlike what I'm wearing now, but a white version, and he'd smeared grease over it and things like that. And he rang the school and said that Mrs. Seidlin, my friend Claire's mother, had asked him to ring ahead and say that the Mini had broken down, so he was going to drive us back. Right. So he changed it all to, in overalls to make a phone call. Yeah, no, because then he drove <laughs> okay. us back and said, oh, okay. all right, you've got the girls now then, like that. <laughs> yeah. And so we were dropped off, but they knew because Miss Barnett, the piano teacher, had phoned from Yeovil to say that she'd sat on a bus next to me. So we were already caught, but we had such a watertight story that we stuck to it, stuck to it. And do you know what? The whole school never breathed a word, and not until right now, if they're listening, and I'm sure they are, <laughs> all those teachers from the 1970s, before everyone was born, are all listening now, and that's what we did. And no one at school told or anything, oh, wow. and we had to be in bed by half past six every night for the rest of the term. <laughs> We weren't allowed to watch Top of the Pops, no records, and we weren't allowed to sweep the yard because everyone knew that we knew there was ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> Boarding School Life by Annabelle Giles. Thank you. Would you make it awkward with the piano teacher the next piano lesson? Yeah, well, I never spoke to her again. Oh, okay. No. I was we were all leaving the school anyway. Okay. We weren't, but we said that. Um, so we'd just done our O-levels anyway, so we, were, we couldn't really, O-levels, bless me. Did you do O-levels? I did O-levels, Did you? Yeah. You're so I mean, this, sweet. a lot of the thing, a lot of the references in that story have, have dated us both, oh. and I, wimpy, I mean, it's, like, it's sort of like a McDonald's, it was like a McDonald's, it was like the English McDonald's. Yes, it was a John sort of, Player cigarettes. Yes, John Player, the like black a, and gold packet was yeah. their point. Smoking on a bus, you were allowed to smoke yeah, on it's buses. Fine. It's fine, we could do whatever we wanted, think, we were the lucky generation. The clogs are not, I'm not getting the clogs, I mean, no, it, it I was... It was Somerset in the 1970s, so... But we weren't allowed smocks. to walk around in backless shoes because they encouraged bad behaviour. And the <laughs> clogs were actually agony. Yeah. If you ever worn a pair of clogs, you slip over the edge and they're wooden, they're agony to wear. Yeah. So yeah, whatever, I haven't anyway, ever pointless. worn clogs. Yeah. Um, and so your, your first foray into success came, you were working as a secretary for... A, a publicist? An advertising agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this must, I, I want to get to the bottom of this story. It sounds made up. For stuff, for, to begin so with. so not made and up. Also, You're must, just jealous. So you obvious. went to a photo shoot to watch the photo shoot as a secretary at the advertising yeah. agency and they took your photo yeah. and then used the photo in the advertising yeah. campaign. Absolutely true. How did the, the model who'd been booked to do that photo was, session well, feel? she was quite cross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so because, you don't but, quite cut it. We'll just get whoever. Oh, she'll do. Well, and then I was getting people ringing up the agency saying, can we use... Who's that model that you used in that Boots Number no. 7 advert? Because we'd like to use her. And I said, well, actually, it's me. And they said, oh, are you a model? And I went, well, no, I'm just the secretary here. And um, so they said, do you work at weekends? I said, well, I could. And I was earning more at weekends than I was in a year working as a secretary. But I still didn't want to leave my job because <laughs> I felt very loyal to the company. Yeah. And in the end, they offered me a really exciting contract, which was I could keep my job as a secretary <laughs> if I would exclusively be the Boots number no. 7 girl <laughs> for £2,000 a year. Now, that was, you know, I had been signing the model's invoices and they earned that a day. So I didn't quite see why I should be exclusive. And so I said, well, no, you either pay me what you pay a proper model or I leave. And they went, okay, leave. Oh, <laughs> not what I was expecting. So then I rang Models One, which was like the best agency at the time. And I said, I'd like to be a model. And they said, how old are you? And I said, 23. They went, mm, too old. And they said, um, and how tall are you? And I said, five foot six. I'm not, I'm five, five and a half. <laughs> I said, I'm five, six. And they went, no, too short, too old, too short. Sorry, bye. 
And then my boss phoned them back and said, can you just see her because we're trying to get rid of her and we just need her to go somewhere. We need to know she's going to be all right. Just see her. So I walked in and they went, oh my God, you're the girl that we're all looking for. They said, we thought they'd retouch the eyes because their model who'd done the original shoot had brown eyes and I had blue eyes. She had it in her book. <laughs> she had it in her portfolio going, yeah, no, I can do blue eyes as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I got made into a model and I was so upset because I yeah. just wanted to be a secretary. <laughs> I did, though. It's tragic, I know. I'm a bit of a secret, sort of pathetic person. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a humble brag, isn't it? I was so gorgeous. No, because no one was... No, I was so (laughs) short-sighted. I used to wear really thick glasses. I'm minus 5.25 if you've got any opticians, and I know everyone's in IT, but I am (laughs) minus 5.25, which is very, very bad. Yeah. And um, they had to put... Because they sort of did me up in these scarves and things for the shoot, they had to... um, I had to put a piece of card either side of the lens because I couldn't see. Right, so I, they say smile and I go, and they go, no, over, 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 <laughs> over, over. There we are, there, okay? And then I think, and, go, and they go, no, no, back a bit, back a bit. So they just put, and they did that all the time I was modelling so I couldn't see what I was yeah. doing. <laughs> so you're in, it's essentially that sitcom trope where that you're a secretary with thick glasses yeah, and your hair tied down, up yeah. and then you took out the glasses. Yeah, tragic. And then... Yeah. And I tried to capitalise on it and it didn't work at all. <laughs> and I used to do things like I'd not, take, I'd not take my glasses to castings and things, you know, where you show your photos and all that. I'd not take my glasses and just sort of go, hi, I'm the model, you know, like that. <laughs> do all that. And then say, they'd show them my book and they'd go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, thanks very much, bye. And I'd go out through the broom cupboard. <laughs> I couldn't remember which door I'd come in. Really dreadful. And in the end, everyone knew me and just said, you know, it's fine. I used to arrive at work and they'd ring the model agency saying, we've got some terrible girl here really, really thick glasses, not very pretty. And they said, just put some makeup on her, she'll be fine. It's very much a before. I did lots of before and afters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. It's really sad. I know. So I was made into a model. Yeah. It's not really a humble brag, because I was furious. You know, seriously, it's a really boring job. It's really dull. You just sit there, and people come and do things, and they think, fuck, can we start now? And then, well, and then traveled, they go, lunchtime. You go, for God's sake, we haven't done anything except sit here and have yourself pulled about. No, I didn't travel anywhere because I was too short, you okay. see. I didn't do bikinis. You met pop stars, though? You were in, oh, yeah, I did meet pop stars. Met I pop married stars. one of you those, yeah. That was quite, I bet you've Googled that I as well, haven't that, you? Yeah, so you know how I, that I ran off. I know you. everything. I'm you just, do, I'm don't just you? trying to get it out of you and then you find extra nice, stuff. You look nice, but you're quite scary. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I know everything about you. So how did that? So Midjour, you were married to... Well, Mitchell cast me in yeah. um, a pop promo he was making, and he cast me because he's not very tall. He's not called Mid short for midget, by the way. I feel I should say this. <laughs> he's short for midget because he was in a band where there were two gyms, so they reversed his name to M.I.J. Oh. So that's why he's called Midge, nothing to do with height. However, <laughs> however, he um, decided to cast me as part of his girlfriend because I was the shortest model in London, let's be honest. And so, so we turned up at the airport. And you have to turn up with no makeup and clean hair and all that. And I did because I was professional. And all the other girls who also bought their passports to go to Sky, all the other girls um, had full makeup on. So he took one look at me and went, I'm not having her as my girlfriend in this thing. So he swapped me on the plane. By the time we got off the plane, they said there's been a, a change of cast. And well, you're going to be the keyboard player's girlfriend. And you, lovely, beautiful girl, you can be his. So I was furious. So I sort, of, um, I sort of sat there, sort of being interesting rather than beautiful. I thought that was a better plan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he quite liked me. And then I was going to get married, and um, I popped in. They said, come to the edit and see the thing, because by the time you come back from your honeymoon, it'll all be over. So I popped into the edit, and they had the whole thing saying, I'm getting married in the morning, with a huge Jeroboam, is it? A big, big thing of champagne, yeah. one of those big jumbo... Why would you want that? But anyway... And I burst into tears and went, I don't really want to get married, I'm a bit scared. So he said, run off with me, and I did. Wow. I know. And everyone goes, oh, how brave. It wasn't brave, it was ridiculous, and yeah. I was haunted by it for years afterwards. Did you tell the guy that you were going to marry about oh. it, or did, you just went, did he just turn up at the church and go, that's weird? Yeah, I can't really, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where I was. I got really drunk, and yeah. I ended up in Bristol Holiday, and I thought I was in Ireland. <laughs> And I phoned my parents and they went, where are you? We've tried every hospital and thing. And, and I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming. Wow. I know. Don't um, do that. It's horrid. Don't do it. Vicar had a heart attack. I can't tell you. Bridesmaids, distraught. Yeah. Then my parents froze the volivons and served them to me for many years later. <laughs> 
Well, I'm quite nice, really. I just was very drunk. I think yeah. that was the thing, yeah. Well, you know, if, you know, it's better to find out before the wedding. Yeah. Yeah, preferably yeah. a bit longer before the wedding. And you know, it was about, about six months ago, I found out that I'd made the right decision. I can't really say how, because obviously people are still alive and well. But I had made the right okay. decision without knowing it. I'd actually say. Were you going to marry Fred West? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Got out of that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Phew. Um, so were you, you were with Midge around the time of Live Aid? Were you I at was, Live, you yes. at Live Aid? No, I was. I remember him ringing from the train. He had a huge phone, obviously, big as the train, and said, um, I'm in, I'm, he'd just done the tube. Do you remember the tube with Paul Yates? Anyone under 45 is going to find this the most boring There's podcast. no one under 45 listening there to this now. In the world, is there? No. Yes, Look at that guy, he's about 100, this guy. Oh, yes, that's all right. Hi, nice, how'd you do this? Nice to see some older people. Lovely, we are still alive, by the way. Yeah. Um, um, and no, he rang from Newcastle and said, oh, there's a terrible thing on the news. Have you seen it? And it was Michael Burke's report. And he came back and said, we're going to do something, me and Bob are going to do something. And then he started writing this song. And then we had a little recording studio in the bottom of the garden. And um, I kept, we kept getting these messages on our answer machine saying, oh, hi, it's Paul Weller here. Yeah, I can't come on Friday. I'm going to be there. You know, oh, hi, it's this Bono. And I was going, are people pretending to be people and ringing up? And he went, no, no, it's true. They're all coming to the studio. So the day some of them came to do a little bit of pre-recording, I was ironing very much against the window going, oh, my God, look at that, look at that, all these people in the garden. And then I went, I was at the actual Band-Aid recording, which was amazing because yeah. the only people who were there who shouldn't have been there were me and Paula. Right. And that was quite a thing because I knew this was something huge. And I typed up the words... For the song, and I have to say, it was going to say there won't be snow in Ethiopia this Christmas time, and then people worked out that that didn't quite scan. Right. So uh, I've got the actual. Uh, now people are going to burgle my house, aren't they? Yeah. But I've got the actual thing with Ethiopia crossed out and Africa written. I in mean, there will the be words. snow in Africa because you know Mount, yeah. Mount Kilimanjaro is oh, uh, yeah. snow on all the year round. So yeah, it was still an incorrect. Yeah. God. <laughs> They're pop stars, darling. They don't have to know that sort of thing. I mean, on the B-side, if you've got it at home, listen on the B-side, because yeah. there's all sorts of messages from assorted pop stars. And we, we had to record them, you know, before they went home. Can you just do a message for the children? People, and I'm not saying who. I'll tell you later. I'm not saying who, but some people said, I hope everyone in Ethiopia gets all the presents they want for Christmas. <laughs> we didn't put that bit on. No. I'll tell you later who Okay, tell was. me later. Yeah, then I'll no. just put it at the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah. oh. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to guess it was Simon Le Bon. No. Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> said we can't libel people on it. Well, I, I can guess. That. That's not libeling. Look, I'm not saying it no, was. It's a guess him. and it's not true. Okay. Yeah. There you I'll go. So that's later. not libel. That's, no. that's the opposite of libel, unless it's untrue, in which yeah. case Simon Le bon, Le bon can say, I did say that and I'm suing you for a million pounds because oh, yeah. I am that stupid. <laughs> But he isn't that stupid. We've ascertained nice. that. It was one of the others. Simon Le Bon is very nice and everyone's jealous of him because he's married to Yasmin Le Bon, yeah. who is gorgeous. Yeah. So I know what your beef with him is. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. I, I love I love Duran Duran. Can't, couldn't get the high notes, could he? But he, he was good. He was good. I'll tell you what he, he does do. In that song, actually, he does go, and when you're having fun... And anyone who does any singing at all will tell you you're supposed to sing on the vowel, not the... Mm. <laughs> having fun... Like yeah. that. He goes, fun. But it's very sweet. Yeah. No one's really done a real takedown of the Live Aid single, have they? That's, that is, I think it's time to have a go at those, those pricks. I'm not doing myself any favours, am I? I'm not really a very nice person. And were you at the actual, the big concert, Live Aid concert? Yeah, yep, so yep. I, I remember I was wearing a terrible thing. I looked like a deck chair. It was awful. You know you remember things by what you're wearing? I was oh, God, it was like a big blue and white striped thing with shorts. It was like a short mm. suit. Oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. But we went by helicopter. That was very exciting. Yeah. And then Princess Anna came and sort of looked under her fringe at everybody and shook hands and all that. And I remember someone making a comment about pants. And her saying something like, what makes you think I'm wearing any? Wow. And me going, you slag! And, and I didn't say that, I didn't say it out loud. And us all going, blimey, she's a bit fruity. All the men, hopeless, like, ah. Oh. She had a real something about her, Princess Diana. They all adored her. I saw Princess Diana at Wimbledon. I've told this story a billion times. But I, was, but I was uh, I was going out with Sally Phillips. You oh, know yeah, Sally at the time. Sally and her Phillips, dad was the 
He was an ex-tennis champion. He was the deputy head of, head of Wimbledon, <laughs> whatever it was. So we got quite good seats. Not yeah. that good, but we were quite close yeah. to the royal box or to give her official title, the Princess of Wales. And <laughs> that joke used to go down a lot better before 97. I tell you, that used to kill. Before then between 97, 99, 2000, people Can't hated see. that joke. I mean, I carried on doing it because I thought, well, what's gone wrong with that? Uh, and uh, there was a point where I was looking at her, and it was, there was little, the little Prince William, he was all tiny and had hair and everything. And uh, <laughs> it was great. And I was looking at her, and she must have sensed my eyes boring into it. She turned round and looked at me through her fringe, and yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the royal protocol, so I just pulled a stupid face. And she sort of laughed, and everyone around me, and Sally hadn't seen it, everyone around me had seen it and was all laughing, and I was all blushing, and it was quite sexy. Uh, I was hoping she'd whisk me away. I mean, I was going out with Sally. It would have been rude. But what a story that would have been to tell. I do think my story was better. It was. Well, you met her, but I made her laugh. And she was talking about pants. I made made her laugh. It might not have been you she was looking at, though. Yeah, but it was me. She definitely looked me right in the face and she laughed. And I like to think, you know, that was the one bit of happiness she got. (laughs) At least just before she died, two or three years before she died, she had that little moment of happiness. Probably as the life was ebbing the way. Oh, I'd love to see that guy again. <laughs> Still hanging on to maybe, that. Maybe thought that. May she rest in peace. <laughs> so, uh, so lovely tribute, isn't it? <laughs> they should have had me at the funeral after after, after Elton John. John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, look, we're, we're working through chronology, uh, which is life, fine, honestly. which is nice. We'll go through the whole thing. Oh God. Uh, because long enough, I'm quite it, old. Because then you were on, you were on Razzmatazz. <gasps> I was. That, that was, was my first series. TV job where I bluffed my way in saying Channel 4 about to give me my own series. They weren't. I was just making that up. And they said, oh, you can come and do something for us if you like. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of changed their mind when they sobered up. These two blokes I met at a party. Changed their mind when they sobered up and, and said, well, you have to come to Newcastle. So I did. Right. And then they said, well, you have to come up with your own idea. So I did. And they said, can you do that in the one and a half minutes we're going to give you? And I went, yes. And I, t- I basically did makeovers. I turned children into pop stars right. um, by using net curtains and all that. But I had to speak so quickly to get it into an hour, a minute and a half. It was, yeah, so that was quite good fun. And yeah. then Sarah Green was watching that. Yes. And Sarah Green then said, oh, why don't we have her as our fashion expert on Going Live? Do you remember going live? We were like, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's real, it's real. Yeah. This. I'm not making it up. And then I became the fashion expert and I taught people how to jazz up their jotters. <laughs> like, put some lipstick on and kiss it and then you've got kiss marks on your jotter. <laughs> really bad. Yeah. But they didn't mind. And I okay. said that Bross would never make it big. And in a way, I was right. Um, and, then, and then I did Night Network where I interviewed people like Dusty Springfield, who was very nice, and, yeah. and Belinda Curtis, who's a dentist, who's Richard Curtis's sister. Okay. Yeah, I said, you have to take precautions. She said, just have to put a condom on every finger. And it was very weird, I know. But she was funny at the time, I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, yeah, so then I did... Night- uh, yeah, and I just sort of started being a TV presenter, really. Yeah. Well, TV presenter, and then you were an actor as well. You oh, were yeah. in Riders. And, um... Oh, God, yeah. I was Grania Pringle, otherwise known as Grab Your Winkle. Okay. I wasn't very good at that. And you were in... I mean, I didn't have to grab anybody. You were in the TV series Fist of Fun? I was in the TV series Fist of Fun, wasn't I? What the best thing about being in Fist of Fun was that you... Because do you remember we did that Edinburgh show? Well, no, I did an Edinburgh show. Yes. And it went down quite well. And you came to see it once and then you couldn't believe. You thought maybe that was a freak night. And you came the next night as well (laughs) just to check it wasn't. And it wasn't. It was still good that night too, wasn't it? It was, both, it was a very you. good show. Yeah, Finding you. Mr. Giles, was it that show? Yeah, looking for Mr. Mr. Giles. Mr. I interviewed men to be my boyfriend. Nobody yeah. passed. Well, that might be why I kept coming back, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, but you were in the flat upstairs. You and Stu were in the flat upstairs, weren't yeah. you, from me? Yes. And I remember going up and telling you about how they tried to give me a gotcha, but I guessed it. And once I'm on one, as you can tell, I don't really stop talking. I've got ADHD. (laughs) Can you guess? I don't know. Um, And so I I told you the story. And you and Stuart were sort of backed up against the wall as I was telling the story about guessing the gotcha. And then I think you quite liked me out of desperation. Just sort of went, yes, you're quite nice. Could you go back down to your own flat now, please? Um, And so off. And then you very kindly invited me on Fist of Fun. And I was so excited. I thought, gosh, I'm in with the cool kids at last. And um, I got the script and they said, yes, we need you to turn up as yourself. I seem to remember I had to knock on a door and, yeah. and ask for something. Is it was that the right? sketch where it was a sketch about Jesus came to a guy and said, I'm coming to your house to have a big feast ready for me. And the guy gets the feast ready and then loads of people come to the door, but they aren't Jesus. 
Oh, yeah. There's an old bald man and yeah. a woman who's menstruating. Yes, yeah, so I remember she had a notice and, yeah, around her neck saying, I am menstruating. Sally. Sally. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, at the, then the end, Jesus turns up and goes, did you not recognise me when I came? I was all those people. And then Stuart, the man, gets angry with him for making him make a feast. <laughs> and, uh, and it was the first of the Jesus sketches we did. We actually had to ed- edit it because there was a bit where Stuart slapped Jesus in the face. Oh. And they wouldn't let us, because he was going, ah, ah, which is where this, this, that idea, if you remember that one, began. He slapped in the face and we had to cut it. So there's an odd edit. But yes, you were... But the best thing for me was getting the script yeah. through. That I thought, well, I've now got a script with my name in it. And I went to my partner and it said, Annika Rice. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know I knew that, did you? I you think we were, I think changed it, was, it. She obviously said no. We had, so Dave, you just went down the A's. I, I, think we, uh, I think David Baddiel was our first choice. God. I mean, really? Because we liked the idea of David Baddiel. It was like there was a line saying, David Baddiel, it was David, there's all these people coming in, it's David Baddiel, he does a lot of work for the disenfranchised. And we just thought that was funny because we couldn't imagine him doing anything for the disenfranchised. <laughs> Whereas I think with you, you can imagine you did do a lot of work with the disenfranchised, so it wasn't... It came, I didn't, because as I've bench. shown, I'm not very nice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... And you were, did our radio And I was on Richard, well. Not Judy. Yeah. Did that with you. Yeah. Yes, it was nice. I was kind of your pet, wasn't I? And then, and then I don't know what happened. Well, then you didn't do TV things like that. That's anymore, what happened. I was no yeah. longer on TV, so you, you I sort couldn't of have failed you on. in that career and so yeah. moved on to. No, you didn't. You went on to do sort of proper stand-up and things I like that. Did, didn't you? Yeah, but I couldn't no. have you in that, could I? Annabelle? No, not really. Weird. Not really. No, I know. So I had to go and make my own career for you myself. Did. You did yeah. all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wrote books next, yeah. didn't I? So yeah. you've done everything. You're a novelist, you wrote three yeah. novels. I did, I know. Isn't it mad? So well, do you know what? Well, I had Ted, my son, who's yes. here somewhere, so I can't be too rude, although it's never stopped me before. <laughs> um, I had Ted, and um, I had to stay at home because Ted was quite a handful, shall we say. Nightmare. Um, and, and so I thought, well, I couldn't be off on location everywhere being glamorous, you know. And so I thought, right, well, I need a job that I can do at home. And I thought, I know, I'll write a book. So I had a shed in the bottom of my garden. And I wrote in there. As you know, you wrote one of your masterpieces I wrote a play in, in your shed. shed. You didn't did, I? didn't you? Was it yes. a good one? Or slightly uh, well, I thought it was good, but it didn't oh, do very well. So oh. I'll blame you. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. It's the shed <laughs> vibe. Thank you for the use of my your shed. My book, on the other hand, number six in the bestsellers. <laughs> so there we go. But anyway, so I wrote, so I, 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 I thought, well, I'll write a book. And then Penguin picked it up. And then I did another one and another one. It was amazing. Because all I was doing really was finding a way to earn money and stay at home. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's incredible. quite lucky. It's like this, you know, it's this amazing career. Of... I'm very, very lucky, though. Yeah. I mean, really, you can tell, can't you? I'm just lucky. Well, really. I don't think you can be like, you can't be lucky again and again. I mean, there's a little bit of, you know, happenstance there right at the beginning with the being in the right place at the yes, right time. Yes, but, you know, I didn't but go to you... university or anything. I've got no A-levels. I've got four O-levels. I took maths and got an E and then took it again and got a U. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not like I'm really clever, but also I'm driven by the need to keep me and Ted and my daughter Molly, who's now far too old. I can't even say it. Do you know how old she is? I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, she, so, you know, so I was sort of driven by the need to feed them, yes. really, because I couldn't rely on anybody else to do that. So I really had to sort of keep at it. And I wanted to sort of be at home and be able to be, you know, quite mean to them. Yes. At, <laughs> at times, you know, because I don't think you should respect children too much. I don't know why we do this child worshipping thing. It's really bad. It's not worked out well. We've got children that can't do anything now. <laughs> oh, my mum will do it for me. You know, mine, do it yourself or don't do it at all. Yeah. Mm. And so you moved to Brighton? I moved to Brighton because Brighton is a place that has very good social care. And Ted needed a bit of extra help here and there because he was born with things he won't mind me saying because basically he's a poster boy for it, a thing called XYY syndrome, which means he's got an extra Y chromosome. Um, and so he needed a bit of extra help, a bit of sort of autism, a bit of ADHD, a bit of Asperger's, a bit of all sorts of things. And uh, London is not good for children. I don't really think London's very good full stop myself. And I'd sort of slightly lived that life. I brought up my daughter and I was doing the same school run only the traffic was a bit worse and the teachers were a bit more jaded. And I just thought, oh. So we moved down here and down here in Brighton, there is the most amazing organisation called Amaze, which looks after, yay, which looks after parents of children with special needs who need looking after more than the children, I have to say. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I was really helped. I needed help. And Brighton's very, very good with its disenfranchised. We look after our own. And I'm really, really proud to live here. I love Brighton. I, I'm so thankful to Brighton because it's held us 
You know, it's not, being a single parent is the most awful thing. It's awful. It's boring, it's hard, it's tiring, and it's thankless, especially with ungrateful wretches like mine. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and it's just a joy living here because if all else fails, there's the sea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got the sea. We see the sea every day. It's beautiful. Put them in a little raft and push them out. Exactly. <laughs> drown the fucker, that's what I say. Yeah. Fine. He's sadly they bump too into tall a to burning drown. pier. Yeah, with any luck, I'd set yeah. him on fire. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But so, so I moved here because I just, oof, I wanted some sky. You know, the space and the sky and the people were lovely. I was looking around a couple of houses before I moved here just to see what I could afford, etc. And I came out and someone was fiddling with my car. And I excuse me, can I help you? And this man said, yeah, there's a traffic warden around the corner, so I was just putting a ticket on your car for you. I thought, oh my God, I have to live here if the men are like this. <laughs> Never found another one like that, but you know. It was a nice idea. Yeah, everyone is really nice here, aren't they? I mean, we all chat to each other and yeah. we're quite civil. Yeah, you know. it's a nice place. Well, it is a nice place. It's a weirdos, isn't it? Yeah, we like, but we like weirdos. We embrace weirdos. As a man goes past my window every day on a penny farthing. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, I live in Kemp Town, obviously. And everyone's completely mad, but I like that. I don't want to live in, you know, Waitrose. No. Oh, no, no offence to Waitrose. I love Waitrose. Send me vouchers. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. You know, I don't want to live in a normal place. I like living in a You're still sort of doing form. bits and pieces of telly and things as well. I mean, you're working as a, you're a therapist. Is that your main job now? Yeah, I did. Well, telly sort of gave me up because I yeah. took, I, I bought a house and I did it up and Ted was going off the rails. He won't mind me saying, right off the rails. Um, and so Ted was going off the rails and so I thought I really need to just focus on him for a couple of years so I did up this house and sold it for much more money than it was worth to be quite honest uh, I hope they're not in anyway um, and bought a smaller house and then really focused on Ted and Ted is now a really lovely young man I'm not just saying that because he's here um, you know bit um, but you know he is really lovely and I sort of really focused on him and then I thought right well I'll just go back to TV so I rang up TV and said hi Annabelle Giles here ready to come back and they went who? And I said, but, but I'm Annabelle Giles. And they said, we'd never heard of you, because of course everyone's ten in TV, aren't yeah. they? They're literally teenagers, or it's half-term or something. But, you know, I've got children older than people in charge of TV now. <laughs> so, um, so I said, yes, I'm really sorry. I haven't really got um, any, you know, I haven't done anything for about ten years because I've been writing books. And they went, no, no, we don't really read books, we're TV. Um, <laughs> so I thought, I'm not going to be able to, you know. And we've just ran out of money, full stop. We ran out of everything. So I had to go on benefits in order to survive and things. And I really learned what it's like to be properly poor and desperate. And I got very depressed. And I, it was a very, very, very difficult time. But I survived. And I thought, TV doesn't want someone like me going, you know, it's all, you know we can do whatever. It didn't at that time anyway. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I really need to do something a little bit more useful because I'd learned how to survive. I'd gone from the opposite, from, I went from riches to rags, and I learned how to survive that. And I thought I should really be passing this on or helping other people, because it is possible. It's not very nice, but it's possible. Um, and so I thought, I know, I'll, I'm also getting very old, because I'm 60 now. And I thought, unbelievable. God, unbelievable. That's so sweet yes. of you. I say that because you're 52. And that's actually <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? It's all this hair. I mean, it's amazing. Um, so, you know, look, tousled, yeah. tousled 52-year-old Richard Herring. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so I thought what I need to do is a job that I can do sitting down um, because, and a job that no one will stop me doing unless I go bonkers, in which case I shouldn't really be doing a job at all and someone could at last put me in a home. I can't wait. Um, so why don't I do something that, you know, that would help a lot? So I decided I'd train to be a therapist. Okay. And I'd had enough therapy in my life, my God, you know, for years and years and years. I've been going religiously to talk about myself and pay someone to listen. Um, and so I just thought, well, why don't I see what I can do? And so I've now been doing it about mm, three years or something. Mm. I don't know. Well, longer than that, because I had to, anyway, whatever. And I, I've got a really lovely load of clients who some come in and go very quickly and some stay for a long time. And I'm slightly unconventional. I'm not a therapist who sits and nods, goes, mm -hmm. I don't do that. I just chip in. In fact, I probably do more talking than them. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would think that was true. Weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and I like it. I really like it. It's quite a tough job, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite hard because all I hear is pain and difficulty and horror and, like, damage that people do and the horrible things people say and 
they come in going, oh, God, and I go, hi, <laughs> come in, sit down, you know. But it's, yeah. it's nice to be able to, I mean, what I do is we kind of, I do it with a bit of humour. I know I'm not that funny, but I find if you make someone laugh, I go, well, that's because, and they go, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You know, it's quite a good a good tool to do. And yeah. I'm slightly sort of unconventional and, you know, we draw pictures and we sort of mess about and... But, I, you know, it seems to work and people yeah. seem to quite like it. And, you know, if people are depressed, you can go, well, you know, I had to eat a kangaroo's anus in the jungle. Exactly. So your life's not that I'll bad, is it? I'll tell you what I've eaten. Exactly. Yeah. I think your husband's bad. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, sometimes I think, oh, for God's sake, just leave him. But mostly I just think, you know, I know what it's like to be stuck. I got really stuck, you know. I was stuck at home on my own with a special needs child, no money, no nothing. And I thought, I'm sure I was supposed to be glamorous and exciting. And I was a model and all that. And it just, you know, I didn't really have anything. And, and I felt really stuck. And I thought there's got to be a way out. And there is a way out. And knowledge is power. That's the way you do it. You find out stuff. And then you try it and then you get a bit braver and you take a tiny step and then another tiny step. And then before you know it, you've done three steps and so on and so on. And you know what? Most of the time, my clients, all they want is to be loved. Most people, that's all we want, isn't it? Just want a bit of love. And if for an hour they get me going, but I think you're brilliant. That's not all I do. But do you know what I mean? But if that's all people want and it yeah. helps them have the strength to go and do something else, then good. We yeah. should all be doing that, really. So if there was a guy who came to you and he decided to try and clear all the stones off a massive field near his house <laughs> and realised that was quite a big thing to try and do and mm. he was trying to do it secretly so no one knew, what, would you, what advice would you I'd give that guy? I'd refer him on immediately. <laughs> I'd say, I think you need to go and see a psychoanalyst because okay. they just let you talk. Okay. You know, they don't That's interfere. Well, I just do the talking anyway. I just talk yep. into the, the podcast. So I'm psychoanalyzing myself, so that's fine. Mm. So you did the jungle. You were in the jungle, the in jungle. and out of the jungle. I know. God, I was shit on the jungle. I really was one of the worst people they've ever had, I think. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even sort of really screaming properly. I just, you know what? I was in a really bad place. It was during those years. Right. And, and suddenly I think, oh, God, I just want a gift from heaven to get me out of this. And suddenly I get offered quite a lot of money to go into the jungle. I will do anything, you know, so... So off I go, but I was already, you know, I wasn't, you know, when you're not mentally having a good day, I had had a bad year, and then I think, I know, I'll go and eat a kangaroo's anus for money, and I can't recommend that as therapy, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, yeah, it was, it was, it's much harder than it looks, the jungle, by the way, it really is, you know, it's, there are men dressed as trees to stop you escaping, there's all sorts of funny things. All the water you have to boil, you only get one knife, there's no salt and pepper. We have, I now still drink hot water instead of tea because I got so used to it. It's very comforting drinking hot water. And I got really used to it. It's also a money-saving exercise. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you in? You were, you were I was in... last in, first out. Yeah, you know, yeah, rubbish, so completely rubbish. And also, well, the jungle is a popularity contest, isn't it? You know, you vote to keep people in. So if I was in with Joey Essex and he had 1.1 million followers on Twitter at the time and I had something like 6,000. So I was first out because nobody voted to keep me in. Yeah. I you think you, you get out rid of people that you, you know, you kind of keep the people you don't like in as well. So if you're in the middle, I think, the, the, you know, you want to go, I want that person to stay in so they can eat more kangaroo anus. Yeah, I mean, Joey Essex was given everything to do. Yeah. He's lovely, by the way. I know you all want to know. He is really lovely <laughs> and he's just, he's not stupid at all. Look at the thousands of millions of billion pounds he's made out of being, you know, just a bloke, basically. Um, he's uneducated and people think that's a terrible thing to be, but actually he's done much better than most people I know. Yeah who've had all sorts of education. So he's a lovely boy. I like him. And I saw you, I saw a clip. I didn't see this show, but you're on another reality show based oh, on Shirley Valentine. Oh, yes. Shirley Valentine. Did anyone see Shirley time? Valentine? Oh, it was lovely. Yes, it was supposed to be eight women go to a Greek island and change their lives. And, they, and what they didn't remember was that Shirley Valentine wasn't single. Do you know, she, you know, she had a husband, but we all had to be single. So I went with seven other women um, and they made us go on dates. And then they started saying it was the older person's love island, which was just the pit. <laughs> and I went on a date with possibly the most boring man in the universe, who I couldn't understand anything he was saying. It was very sweet. I had to do speed dating. Yeah. Which I did, oh God, which I did a terrible thing where a young man, much younger than the rest of them, sat down. And um, I said, oh, hello, you look very young. Do you still live with your mother? And he went, no, my mother's dead. <laughs> and, oh, I'm so sorry. And then his phone went. So I was, and I thought, hang on, you're on a speed date with 
me and you'll take a phone call. So he's going, oh, well, I said, is that your mum? He went, no, she's dead. <laughs> so sorry. And then I said, Dan, that's a nice shirt. Did your mum pick it out for you? I mean, I don't know what was the matter with me. I couldn't leave it alone. He just kept saying, no, she's dead. Before she dies. I know, exactly. Did she pick it out for you on her deathbed? Say, wear this if you holiday with the TV. Really terrible. Yeah. I just kept asking him about his dead mother. <laughs> and they only show, I mean, they, you know, there's a little clip on my Twitter profile thing that, yeah. that shows it, but they only showed half of it. I just went on and on and on. It was awful. But I didn't really like speed dating. I don't like that sort of thing. Yeah. No. I just don't really, you know, I get all bits sort of cross about yeah. it. Like well, it's sort of weird. It's a weird. It's very strange. I prefer God's dating agency or whoever's in charge. I prefer. Well, it's just fate. waiting for old age pensioners. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I thought I work as a funeral director, a okay. lady funeral director, get all the nice widowers. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly the men die first, though, so you'd have to uh, go for the yeah. widows. Yeah, no. So it's it's not, right. a bad plan, isn't it? Mm. Well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's so, so yeah, so I'm, it's, I have done quite a lot, but I am quite old. And if you're quite old, you've done quite a lot. Well, you? not, but, but, but most people, you know, a lot, a lot of people will have a little flash in the pan and then that's it. To, I think anyone yeah. who manages to keep going in a career, and, you know, you've had a family. You know, two families really as well. Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> awful children. You know, awful. awful children. Yeah, they're awful children. I met both the children, they're both yeah. charming. I met, I met your daughter in a did you in a bar? Yeah. Oh, she yeah. To a, that came to because <laughs> I'd seen her when she would. You know, I'd met yes. her at your house when yes. she was a kid, and then I met her as an adult. Yeah. She's very nice. Yeah, she's she's very nice. Yeah, she runs her own stage at the Isle of Wight Festival. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's a proper grown up and everything. Yeah. And Ted's just being a games designer, computer games designer, so that's really good. It's crazy, it's crazy that kids grow up and become adults. And it's then awful, adults. really. I prefer them. Well, actually, I don't know, because if they're babies, you've got to look after them. That's quite boring. Yeah, it's awful. It? That's an awful And then I don't like it when they start being a bit cheeky and they suddenly realise you don't know everything after all. I don't like that bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's wrong. My, that's been my daughter since the start, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so let's ask you some emergency questions before we did some okay. backstage, but before we go, I want to know, and I don't know, this is at my test to find out uh, whether my, uh, whether the guest is mental or not, basically. Oh. Um, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to answer to this, so we'll find out. Oh. Have you ever seen a ghost, Annabelle Giles? Mm, have I ever seen a ghost? Have I ever seen a ghost? No, but I felt them. Okay. Is that not very... That's all right. And I'm not what? Derek Acora. Is that what you're asking? Uh, <laughs> well, everyone not... sees ghosts. You yeah, no, I haven't them. seen one, but I well, feel them. You know when you walk grope. into a building? Yeah. I haven't had a grope of a ghost. That's a very yeah. weird thing to be... What's that with a ghost? What if it's a girl ghost? Uh, uh, you can no. do that. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. Weirdo. Um, no, I haven't, but I've gone into... I did a series on stately homes for Richard and Judy, which I wanted to call um, Jars's Piles, but they wouldn't let me. Right. Um, they called it Home Stately Home. How boring is that? So anyway, so I did... And, and there were quite a few stately homes where I'd go in and go... Ooh, you know, it's cold here and all that. But, I mean, I don't see why ghosts always live in stately homes. And but it's not, you know, it's cold from... in places, it's cold. Yeah. It's not just a ghost. If it's cold, colder, that's not always a ghost. Colder sometimes than it's the just, rest of the house. Sometimes it's winter time. Yeah. <laughs> and some rooms are colder than others. I mean, that's... that's uh, Richard Wiseman did a thing where he found out one of this a place where a lot of ghosts have seen were in just a place where the, the, the draft came through. So you, yeah. you sense a, a change in the room and that's what you're sensing and then you're... Mm. Your senses create stuff around that. But you can walk into a house, can't you, and go, yeah. oh, no, I don't really like it. Do you know what I mean? There's a feeling yeah. in the bricks. Yeah, no, so only, if, only if you're mental, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I am yes. mad. Okay, yeah. good. I don't mind, but I'm not Derek Akora. That is good, though, good, that isn't is it? Because I'm not throwing right. feathers around. Let's go for, we'll go for a random one. The, the ones backstage have got, got very heavy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, what do you consider the biggest waste of time from your life thus far? <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> How tempting is that? You're just asking me to say this, aren't you? But I'm not going to. The biggest waste of time. And I'm like, well, I often, because now that, you know, when you're old, you suddenly get a bit of wisdom, don't you? Which is wasted completely um, because nobody listens to anything you say anymore because you're old. Um, but I think the biggest waste of time is trying to impress people rather than trying to impress myself. Do you know what I mean? I, I, 
give it up. Do you know what I mean? Just you've got a big car, well done. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm impressed. I've got a tiny little car and it costs nothing to run. It's really exciting and nobody ever thinks I'm speeding, though I have got quite a few points. Um, but, do you know what I mean? Rather, I don't need a big BMW. I want a little tiny car, a little buzzy one that's cheaper and I can spend money on shoes instead. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like trying... We, we, I found I sort of went through life going, yeah, I'm going to be really impressive, going to be really impressive. Then I went, actually, there's nothing impressive about me at all. And then I thought, I'm just going to be normal. You know, stop wasting time trying to impress people. Yeah, Is that a good answer or not yeah, really? Yeah, that's a very good answer. I'm st- am I still mental? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, no, we're, we only yeah. have mental people on this show. Oh, right, okay, so good. That's fine. Good. And that's a good thing. Because mm. everyone who works in show business is insane. Pointless, Apart from me, I'm normal. No. Oh. I'm just <laughs> thinking, I wonder if any of my clients are going to hear this. Yeah. God. Yeah, we can take, we can take that out. You, you've stood up for the mental. No, you can take out everything. I don't have it on the talk. I don't have it on Yeah, no, I am. Yeah. No, but, well, no, do you know what? They don't know that I used to have this because I see a lot of much younger people okay, really, and yeah. they don't know that I used to have this funny job. And they go, do you know what? I was doing the ironing the other day and I thought, why is my voice of my therapist? And it, I'm on the telly. Yeah. She goes, you were on the telly talking about the 1970s or something. <laughs> 80s, sorry. Not that old. And, um, and they go, I didn't know. I didn't know. I had no idea. But it doesn't change. It's really weird. They don't mind. And all the other therapists think I get lots of clients because I'm famous. But actually, people don't want to come and talk to me if they know me already. <laughs> That's not very good, is it? You know, definitely, definitely. You should be, you should be back... Back yeah. on the TV, I'd not like to be doing things. funny things. You yeah. know, it's quite good fun being yeah. on TV, isn't it? While it's still with us. You know. Well, it's, but you mentioned the gotcha. You're the only oh, person yeah. in, in that. Well, A, the fact that Noel Edmonds selected you for a gotcha sort of shows, you know. I mean, a lot of the people who did those are in prison now, but <laughs> you're not. You're not. Not you're yet. Not, you're no. Not. No. Uh, yet. So, I kind of, I, I was thinking the other day on a walk, I wonder if, like, Noel Edmonds popped up in DLT's prison cell. I mean, gotcha, yo, Edmonds! <laughs> It'd be quite a good one, wouldn't it? If that was, if, yeah, he's, done, he's playing the long game. Um, <laughs> would, would DLT be happy or angry? It's going, oh, yeah, I'm not, oh, shit, I've been in prison for... I don't think he's in prison anymore. Um, <laughs> I didn't think he was. Is that Harry Cornflake? Yeah, in yeah, prison, he was, really? he's been in prison. Yeah, okay. I was also thinking because you know the um, I've forgotten her name, but the uh, Philippines leader who was in Imelda pri- Marcos. No, no, the one oh. she was in prison for a long. Ang Su. Su Ang. Yeah. Su. Oh God. I she was in prison terrible. for a long time. She got through it by listening to DLT. <laughs> Did she return the? Is what? Ang San Su Shi. That's it. Yeah. Ang San Su Shi. Yeah racist uh we're just shouting out things like that um i think that was her name you're right so but has she returned the favor is she doing little i mean, think she's back in prison now isn't she? i don't know anyway uh she might be dead um <laughs> we'll probably cut this out, yeah, James, cut that out. <laughs> we might be on dodgy ground here i don't want to be slighted with that but, sort of thing but yeah, yeah well a you were you were done for a gotcha but b you yeah. saw through the gotcha straight away I, I watched it the other day oh did you yeah um, and so you noticed the camera in the car. Well, yeah. It was quite a poor gotcha if you hadn't noticed the camera, I think. Well, no, there was a, no, the camera was in a, a, a little, you know, magic markers? Yeah. Well, the, the middle of the magic marker, I just saw this little sort of funny blue, purpley light thing. It wasn't a light, though. It was a camera lens, a tiny lens. But it was the way the guy got out the car and said, oh, I'm just going to go and have a word over there. And I thought, what about? We're on the well way to somewhere. <laughs> and he took his jacket off. So I'm going to put my jacket in the boot. And I thought, well, okay, why are you telling me? It doesn't really, you know. And then he, he lifted up the boot and there was a little bit of sort of fiddling about in there. And I thought, I wonder what he's doing. And then I sort of looked around and I just saw this little hollowed out magic marker. And then I thought, no, I'm imagining this. And then I looked up, because I was in the passenger, oh, in the back seat, obviously. And they have those sort of things that you're supposed to hang suits on if you're a bloke, dry cleaning thing. Um, and, they ha- and there's a little microphone on there. Right. And I went, and then as I spotted the microphone, a little red van drew up and I went, oh no. <laughs> Hello, comms. Because I'd just done a series of bloody BBC with cameras in the car. Right. And that was the BBC comms van. And I went, oh. <laughs> Hello, comms. And they went shooting off. <laughs> and I went, oh, God, I've blown it. Because I know how much these things cost. Yeah, and I said, yeah. oh, no, I've blown the whole thing. i tell you what, I'll give you two versions. I'll give you one where I'm going along with it and one where I know, but you don't know that I know. So don't tell the driver. I was just, and then I thought, if this isn't true, then I'm just going to be completely mad. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that to the inside of a car. And, um, yeah, and the driver came back and he didn't know. And they, oh, God, and it got really complicated so I couldn't remember which version. <laughs> 
No, we had pink silage coming out of farmers and all yeah. that. It was all very odd. It was and aliens in the Noel band. Edmonds as an alien in the yeah. back seat. And it was clearly Noel Edmonds talking as well. He does that kind mm. of Noel Edmonds false yes, voice. Yes, What I didn't like about it was because you beat him. And he, was mm, clear, and he was clearly put out by yeah, that. Yeah, he was actually and very cross. They I ended think. the episode by putting you on a kind of ghost train where you just got gunged. Yeah, gunged and ruined my boots, which yeah. are my favourite boots. That oh, was it. Yeah, ruined. Yeah. So mm. did you know that was? Did you know the gunging no, was coming? No, I was expecting two gotchas. I thought it was really <laughs> clever to have guessed it, but they were absolutely seething. But I gave them a whole thing to show. Yeah. I could have just gone, well, no, I've guessed it. It's pointless. Forget it. Yeah. But I didn't. I gave I him mean, two versions. You know, in a way, you're lucky. You just came out gunged. People have come off a lot worse. <laughs> um, with old, old Edmonds, haven't they? But it's, you know, getting the 1P box. Getting the 1P box, that's what I was... Talking about... Uh, we're nearly done, Annabelle, oh, but um, I'm going to ask you another bunch of yeah, questions. It's been really good. Thank you very much Has for it ever talked too much, though? It's, no. Sorry. It's not possible to talk too much. Oh, uh, okay. And oh, I've had Brian Blessed on this podcast. Oh, well, so. no, no. Uh, It's been fine. I've managed to say some stuff. It's been nice. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a merge question I've been asking quite a lot recently, uh, but uh, which actually, mm. uh, if you're listening at home, is in the summer. Uh, which is, if you could take one item from an art gallery or museum and take it home and keep it, any art gallery or museum in the world, any painting or any artefact or anything in a museum, and you're allowed to keep it. Because I think you should be allowed to. On every visit, I think you should be allowed to just pick one thing. I know. know, It's a flawed system, but it'd be nice to have the stuff, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to take home with you from a museum or art gallery? Well, oh God, now this is, if you thought you could like me, this is going to really stop all that from happening. <laughs> You're going to really hate me now. I would take those bricks. Do you remember those bricks that someone threw paint over because they were an art installation? They were 144 bricks or yeah. something. I take those and donate them to somewhere that's building houses for... <laughs> I would, for, for you know, um, homeless people or something yeah. like that. I think that's much better use of a brick. <laughs> I've so got no time for that arts. sort of idiotic... You could sell the, the artwork and give the money to the poor children. No, I'd rather, rather the bricks. It. No, because then it still exists okay. as a sort of frippery and a pointless piece of wankery. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'd much rather just donate it to some uh, housing association yeah. or something. Someone took that gold toilet, didn't they, in the week we were recording this? There was a gold mm-hmm. toilet at Blenheim Palace, was it? I think it was Blenheim. And there was, I think it was an art installation. I don't think Winston Churchill said, I've got to have a solid gold toilet. Uh, and then they've stolen, someone's come in. And I think the, whatever he is, the, the Duke of that place said, you know, it would take some, it'd be quite difficult to steal this. And then they have some, it's worth like £4.3 million pounds or something, because it's solid gold. So someone's got away. You kind of think, you know, fair enough. See, I don't think we've got the money for all that nonsense at yeah. the moment. I think we're all trying to survive. Yeah. You know, and I think to spend that much money on a loo seat is a terrible loo. No, it's, it's, the the loo. Whole, it's the whole loo. The whole loo. Well, that's solid just disgusting. Gold. Sorry. Yeah. I think I it's a work of art. It's saying, you know, imagine if a yeah, toilet was made of gold. That. That's probably isn't it. That's probably the point of that. Mm. Imagine what that'd be like. I mean, it'd be a waste of gold, wouldn't it? Really, we'd yeah. you know, be poo on it. Mm. Well, it works. It's a working toilet. No, like no. Now you've said that, I would quite like to poo. <laughs> poo to do a, pol- a poo in a gold loo. Yeah. Did it flush though? Yeah, I think so. Well, I hope sure? so. Otherwise, there's your poo in there as well. That would that would take the. <laughs> I would take the value down, I would have thought. It's listed at Sotheby's. I mean, a, my poo might list, though. It gold might take poo it up. With, yeah, gold blue with Richard yeah. Herring's poo. Yeah. Item 147B. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, you see, I just, I don't know. At the minute, I think we're all in crisis and emergency, yeah. and we need to stop fucking about and actually look after each other before yeah. things get any worse, yeah. So yeah. I think gold, solid gold blues that are worth millions of pounds are just a waste of money. Okay. I know that makes me sound really grim, but I can't, you know, I can't, I can't bear to think of people being very rich or very poor and nobody being able to exist in between and help the yeah. others. Mm. Well, uh, people listening at home have uh, been in the middle of Brexit, no deal Brexit at the moment. It's, uh, <laughs> it's December at home. <laughs> the people at home are in December. Imagine what a terrible life. Most of you are dead now. That's their, <laughs> that's their, that's their, they're listening to the laughter of the dead and they're laughing. These people are laughing at their own deaths. I mean, that's... That's art there, that is art. I've just created art yeah. there, haven't I? We're all if, still alive because we're pre-Brexit. If you do die, if you feel yourself dying because of Brexit, do email me, let me know. If, if, your, if your husband were to die, just email us. It's quite sad he's died, but it's funny because of what you said. <laughs> and I'll do a, a tribute to him at the end of that. Presuming I'm not also dead, I could also be dead. It's one in two, it's like the... Uh, it's like that thing, isn't it? One in ten. Uh, so... 
that guy. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I'm really sorry, I've been quite grim, haven't I? I'm no, no, sorry. it's good. Being grim is good. Uh, no, it's okay. all this. You've been very funny. Um, oh, I feel a bit, a bit grim. We'll do this debrief off stage, but you've been, you've been uh, funny. What do you think? Out of ten, would you rather get me up? Also Series interesting. Series two or something? Would you get me yeah, on can, another one? You can one come back another no time. No good? Okay, thanks. Yeah. yeah. You want to come as a client? Because I think you should. I think I <laughs> Well, I was hoping, you know, yeah. but I was, you know, I'm paying you to do this. I should have got a bit more out of it. I think you're... I feel just as mad as I was at the start. Yeah, that's, but that's why they come back, because they think they will get better yeah. one day. They never well, I'm do. reasonably happy. The only, the only thing I'd like to be is young again, but you can't oh, do that. You can't no, do anything about that. No, you wouldn't really, though. Not words. now. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. I see people under 30, and they have such a hard time of it. I had someone come, a young man come the other day, who had parents who got on well together, and he had a great job, and he had a girlfriend, and he had, you know, family were really good, and, he, and everything. And he'd come because he had anxiety, and that's because he didn't realise that it's okay to feel a little bit worried sometimes because they honestly believe that they have to feel brilliant all the time. Yeah. That's a bad world. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, you know. Yeah, well, that's a real bummer to end on. Uh, but, um... <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause to Adam Jones! Fantastic. Thank you so much. Come back next week. Come back next week. There'll be another one next week. Thank you. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Annabelle Giles. Thank you to Pest for playing this music so beautifully, and it's just the same every single week. They're geniuses. Thank you to everyone at the Theatre Royal in Brighton. Thank you to everyone at ACAS. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Stripe, especially Chris Evans. Not that one. Get realistic. I'm indebted to my producer, um, Ben Walker. I'm also indebted to my other producer, who is called James Hingley. I did remember that. Don't you worry. That wasn't me forgetting. I couldn't forget his name. Uh, thank you also to my executive producer for this show, Lee Mansfield. Thank you for your participation and all the very kind notes you gave us. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Strike production. Go to GoFasterStrike.com to buy wonderful Christmas gifts, including emergency questions, books, Richard Herring downloads and DVDs, and hopefully very soon, some Top Trump cards. They're not Top Trumps, they're just Trump card games uh, based on the guests we have uh, from this show. It's really good. They'll be up as soon as we sent out the ones to the Kickstarter idiots. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Rehalastapur. Go bridgetown.com slash gigs. Come and see us in Hull and if you like. Bye.